Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Sask Egg Today is brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future Ford is your automotive expert. From sales to service, they're the ones you can trust to get you rolling again sooner. Sask Egg Today with Doug Faulkner. Good afternoon and welcome to Saskag Today. Coming up on today's program, a cattle producer from Piapot, Saskatchewan, says she wasn't expecting to be a finalist of the Canadian Cattle Association's Young Leaders Program. We'll hear from Brooke Martin on today's show. As well, the sheep industry in Saskatchewan is stable, but there's lots of room for growth. The executive director of the Saskatchewan Sheep Development Board, Gordon Schrader, will have more on that. And ranching without records is like traveling without a map. Records tell you where you've been and where you are. We'll hear from Dr. Uh, Reynold Bergen, the Beef Research Council of Canada's science director on the Canadian Cow-Calf Surveillance Network. All of those stories and much more coming up on today's edition of GX on Agriculture, otherwise known as SaskAg Today. But first, it's time for the Agriculture Outlook with Precision Weather. And that's a presentation of Milligan Bio. Milligan Bio now offers bio meal for your livestock, giving your animals more protein, more energy, and more of what they need. It's also brought to you by Sean Prahitka, your Remax Blue Chip Ag Division Specialist. Welcome back to Sask Ag Today. A cattle producer from Piapot, Saskatchewan, says she wasn't expecting to be a finalist of the Canadian Cattle Association's Young Leaders Program. Brooke Martin is one of 16 finalists from across the country. After participating in the annual CYL Selections Competition August 15th, during the Canadian Beef Industry Conference in Calgary. I was honestly so shocked that I became one of the finalists. All of the semi-finalists, they were amazing, amazing people, and I was extremely humbled, really, to be chosen and so excited. I was over the moon. I had to call my mom right away and everything. I was like, oh, my gosh, Mom, I made it. I can't believe it. I, was, I couldn't believe the, the competition that we had. Everyone there was so amazing and so nice and all really smart and passionate about agriculture and the beef industry and it was just it was incredible to meet everyone it really was she says her experience in calgary started with a reception dinner with the other semi-finalists and organizers of the program to get to know everyone then everything started bright and early the next day i think i was up at 5 a.m to get ready because we had to we started the discussion tables right at 7 a.m so we were there bright and early in the morning and we just it was really awesome actually the discussion tables I was so nervous going in but man once we sat down and you started to talk to everyone and get their ideas on all these topics it was great to listen to everyone and just take in their thoughts and I mean most of the discussions we started off on topic and then we kind of veered off in a whole different direction which was kind of cool and 
just to even the judges, their responses back to the questions, it was just really eye opening and great to see everyone's point of view. And you really just learn how passionate everyone is. And it was really great to see I coming in, had no idea that we even had like this many people supporting the beef industry. I feel as producers, we kind of feel maybe a little alone in maybe not alone, but like, we don't feel like we have the support, like what we clearly do. I had no idea that there's these committees and these people fighting for us all the time. So it was just really inspiring to see everyone and everyone there just wants to talk about cows and talk about their ranch and everything that they got going on at home. And it's really great and great to see everyone is really forward for being sustainable. And we're all trying to learn something new on how we can better the ranch and the farm and the beef industry itself. So it's just, it was really great to see. And it was a lot, a lot of fun. We had a great time. I best week of my summer for sure. It's definitely a highlight. One of the topics covered during the judged roundtable discussions was succession planning. One of the main topics I think was farm transition and we talked about new technology and how we can maybe get some new people into the egg industry and some ideas on how we can keep the young generation wanting to keep producing cattle and farming and being in the egg industry. And we had we had to talk about sustainability and how we can be more sustainable and water management, soil and all these great, really huge. When I first got the discussion topics, I was like, oh, my gosh, these are huge questions and like really like broad and like big industry problem relating questions. And like once we got down to it and talking with everyone, I mean, we really kind of broke it up and we went into different directions of the questions, of course. But that was kind of the gist of the questions, I guess. Brooke Martin is one of 16 finalists in the Canadian Cattle Association's Young Leaders Program. Coming up, we'll continue to hear about her experience at the conference and what she plans to do with her awards. But first, it's time for the Beef and Forage Report, and that's a presentation of Priestville Salvage. Beef and Forage Report. The governments of Canada and Saskatchewan have announced a record-breaking level of payments under the Saskatchewan Crop Insurance Corporation, or SCIC Forage Rainfall Insurance Program. The total 2023 program indemnities paid are $60.4 million across SCIC's 17 forage risk zones. While conditions vary across the province with scattered distribution of moisture, the 2023 growing season realized generally drier than average conditions in several areas of the province. Payments are most heavily concentrated in the southwest and west-central regions of the province. Forage rainfall insurance program payments were issued to participating producers on Friday, August 18th. Crop insurance customers do not have to register weather-based program claims with SCIC, as indemnities are calculated automatically based on information from the weather stations. Claim payments are based strictly on the precipitation data gathered at the customer-selected weather stations and the insurance selections of each individual producer. Given the dry conditions, customers are reminded that fire insurance remains in place for insured forage rainfall insurance program acres until March 31, 2024. The forage rainfall insurance program is available on native and tame acres for hay or grazing, protecting pasture and hayland in the event of below-average seasonal rainfall 
at the producer's selected weather station. And that's today's Beef and Forage Report. It's time now for the AgReview portion of our program, and that's a presentation of New Era Ag Technologies in Swan River. EX94, AgReview. CN and CPKC Rails supplied a combined 98% of hopper cars ordered in Grain Week 4, an improvement from the previous week's 93% order fulfillment performance. The improved performance in total reflects an improvement in performance for CN and no change for CPKC. In supplying 98% of hopper cars ordered on time in week 4, CN saw performance improve from the 87% order fulfillment performance they posted in week 3. CN performance returned above the 90% performance threshold, having now achieved that mark in 7 of the last 8 weeks. CPKC order fulfillment performance was unchanged from the prior week, with the railway supplying 98% of shipper orders in week 4. CP continues its run with now 20 straight weeks with order fulfillment performance above the 90% threshold. Turkish President Tayyip Erdogan says after talks with Russia's Vladimir Putin yesterday that it would soon be possible to revive the grain deal that the United Nations says helped to ease a food crisis by getting Ukrainian grain to market. Russia quit the deal in July a year after it was brokered by the United Nations and Turkey, complaining that its own food and fertilizer exports faced serious obstacles. Erdogan, who previously played a significant role in convincing Putin to stick with the deal, and the United Nations are both trying to get Putin to return to the deal. Erdogan said that Russia's expectations were well known to all and that the shortcomings should be eliminated adding that Turkey and the United Nations had worked on a new package of suggestions to ease Russian concerns. The maker of versatile tractors and Farm King equipment says the supply chain issues that have pressured its quarterly bottom line have begun to clear. Winnipeg-based Bueller Industries on August 14th reported net income of $16.1 million dollars on $67.6 million in revenue for its second quarter ending June 30th, up from $1.1 million on $57.8 million in the year earlier quarter two. Bueller said it achieved higher sales as it begins to see improvements in the supply chain issues experienced over the last two years. The company said it also expects increased sales during the rest of 2023, on a large backlog of sales and strong demand for agricultural machinery and equipment. Bueller in its second quarter also booked its revenue from the sale of its tillage equipment manufacturing plant at Vagerville, Alberta, which it shuttered in 2021. The company closed on the sale of the former Ezion plant in April. Meanwhile, a brand of air seeding equipment dating back almost five decades in North Dakota and beyond is poised to disappear in the 2024 model year. Concord, a brand owned since 2021 by an arm of Swedish seeding, planting and tillage equipment firm Vatterstad, will no longer be sold under the Concord name. A selection of Concord's products and design elements will be incorporated into the Vatterstad branded air seeder lineup in the near future. The parent firm and its dealer network 
will continue to provide parts and service for past Concord customers. The Concord name dates back to 1977 when Howard and Brian Dahl, members of North Dakota's ag equipment making Melrose family, founded Concord to make and sell air seating equipment for the North American market. A Winnipeg area company providing heating pad and lighting systems for hog barns is set to add a U.S. developed line of hog cooling pads to its product lineup. IHT or Innovative Heating Technologies Group has announced it will make and sell a line of water-cooled pads that use a patented system designed at Purdue University in Indiana to launch in the North American market in spring of 2024. The pads use 2-by-4-foot aluminum tread plates over metal pipes that circulate cold water based on input from sensors that gauge whether an animal is too warm. In initial research, the cooling pads led to a decrease in sows' overall respiration rates, slightly lower internal temperatures, and lower daily maximum temperatures. The company is promoting the cooling pad system as a timely addition given recent record heat in North America. And be sure to listen to the latest Saskag Today podcast. It's brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Please stay tuned. Saskag Today will return in one minute's time. Future Ford has been serving the Melville area for over 30 years. They focus on the future. Their staff are ready for what's to come. Ford Tech is changing all the time with new vehicle technology like EV, self-driving, and more. Get ready to drive into the future. Why? Because the future is Future Ford. Welcome back to Saskag Today. I'm Doug Falconer. It's partly cloudy and 13 degrees in the Yorkton-Melville region. I'll have your complete weather details coming up at the top of the hour. We're back with Brooke Martin, the Saskatchewan finalist of the Canadian Cattle Association's Young Leaders Program. Before the break, she talked about her experience at the Canadian Beef Industry Conference in Calgary, as well as some of the questions brought up during the judged roundtable discussions on various issues. Here was some of her responses to those questions. The farm transition question, it was really more about, like, we need to start planning as early as possible with our families and having those hard discussions I think can be really hard with families and I feel like maybe a lot of parents just kind of like we don't realize how much time it's really going to take in farm transitioning and all the work that's behind it and there's lots of bad things I think you everyone hears all the horror stories about the farm transitioning and all that but I mean really if you have a good plan and you set up the plan and everyone knows the plan and it you communicate well it's really good The new entrance question, I thought, I was like, oh, man, it would be really cool if there was a scholarship out there for young kids. Like, you know, everyone everyone gets scholarships to go to university, but that would be really cool if the government or someone came up with a scholarship for kids that just want to take over the farm. And that's that's their dream. And that's what they want to do. So, I mean, money is our biggest challenge, right, is no one can afford to just go and buy a ranch and go and buy cows. You all need the loans and all that stuff. So I think a scholarship would be really beneficial and really helpful for keeping new people and maybe attracting new people into it and saying, hey, if you want to do this, we'll give you some money and we'll try and help you get started and get on your way. So After the conference, Martin was waiting to hear whether she was a finalist. Uh, no, it took two weeks afterwards, actually. So I just found out on 
I think Wednesday afternoon, I found out I was going to be a semifinalist, and then they released it on Thursday, yesterday. So it took two weeks. It was nerve-wracking two weeks, that's for sure. Yeah, you're like in the back of your head. Well, in the back of my head, I honestly, I truly didn't think I stood a chance against those people. They were unbelievable, the semifinalists. I was like, there's no way. I was just so grateful that I got to go and got the chance to meet everyone. And then to get chosen as a semifinalist, I was totally taken back and so excited, so excited. Martin and 15 other finalists from across Canada are each awarded a $2,000 budget towards beef industry travel and learning opportunities of their choice and be paired with a hand-picked industry leader for a nine-month mentorship in their specific area of interest. She revealed what she plans to do with the mentorship and the money. Well, when I applied, I wanted to learn more about rangeland sustainability since I am I do have an environmental background. So I kind of know a little bit, but I really like to dive into it and um cattle production like cow calf herds that's kind of what i mean i own my own beef herd but i think learning from a mentor would be great to see their trial and errors and what they did and how it worked and how i can make it work for my own small ranch that i'm trying to start here so really anything i can learn from my mentor i will take anything they want to teach me i'm so ready to just dive in i mean everyone said you you get what you put into this program so i'm ready to put it all in that's Brooke Martin of Piapot, Saskatchewan, one of the 16 finalists announced for the Canadian Cattle Association's Young Leaders Program. Livestock Market Conditions U.S. live cattle futures for October closed at 179.95 today. That's down 20. December live cattle closed at 184.15, down 2. October feeder cattle closed at 254.30, down 35. November feeder cattle closed at 256.20, down 17. October lean hogs closed at 83.17, up 12. December lean hogs closed at 75.07, up 47. And that's the livestock market conditions. The sheep industry in Saskatchewan is stable, but there's lots of room for growth. That's according to Gordon Schrader, the executive director of the Saskatchewan Sheep Development Board. The size of the pro- uh, flock in the province was really uh, growing well. We had lots of years of growth, and then this last year it's been a tough year for us. Uh, prices are down, demand, just the food economy is down, and, and uh, so the Demand has been down somewhat, uh, feed costs are still high, and uh, just a combination of the drought feed costs and land prices, so we've had some exodus from the industry uh, this this past year. Um, we don't know what that looks like yet, how substantial the, the sell-off would be. Uh, we know there's some, but then we have other producers that have seen this as an opportunity to purchase more animals and, and increase their flock because we have had several good years of, of lamb prices. So, I mean, it's some getting out, some increasing, so we're not sure where that will uh, level off. But overall, the, the industry has grown the last number of years, and, and we're not anticipating a great drop, but there will be some. He says some producers are raising larger numbers of sheep. Yeah, we're we're seeing a trend in the last number of years where younger people want to stay in agriculture in some form, and and uh, 
there's difficulty getting into a number of other sectors just to the capital cost and the investment to get in. So we're seeing a really a, a substantial growth in uh, younger producers that want to stay in agriculture, investing bigger dollars, uh, buying on new big barns that are not no longer in use for hog production or turkey production or whatever. We're seeing these barns being purchased and turned into lamb production units. Um, we're also seeing a trend to um, more intense management methods, uh, lambing every month, uh, accelerated lambing processes where, you know, the ewe goes on to a cycle of eight, uh, eight months rather than the 12 months. And so those flocks are lambing every eight months rather than the, the 12-month cycle it was traditionally used. And so uh, this is, you know, high management, uh, and but are, they're investing because they want to produce as many lambs as possible. We've also seen the introduction of uh, more prolific breeds in the flocks. So we're producing more lambs per ewe right now than we have ever in the past. So even though our U numbers have dropped, some our production was uh, still rising. So uh, it's it's just a shift in in the, how lamb production has ha- has done been done in the past. We're still seeing the traditional production, but we're seeing you know a lot more advanced production units now than we ever have, and and larger flocks. I mean. 500 ewes used to be a large flock in a province. Now we're sitting at, you know, 1,000 ewes, lots of them. We have flocks in the province that are much larger than that as well. So fewer producers, larger flocks, uh, trend that's going on in other sectors as well. Schrader says sheep prices have been fluctuating over the past few years. Previously, we had several good years. Uh, this last fall, fall of 2022, we saw a decline in prices, and it, which has remained. It, it, it jumped again in spring a little bit, but not what it traditionally would have, and that's just driven by demand, the consumer demand. Uh, this economy is, it seems tighter. Money is shorter, and so... Uh, lamb traditionally has been seen as more of a specialty um, protein, um, and but that is shifting as well. We're seeing, you know, lamb protein as being very economical now compared to other sectors as well. So there's a shift happening there as well. So again, this year we've experienced uh, lower feeder lamb prices, um, again driven by shortage of feed. Uh, we had producers that normally would not sell feeder lambs in in June, July, August that did this year uh, because of feed situations or cash flow situations. And so we had uh, excess of feeder lambs hitting the market during the summer months, which is uh, not good time for feeder lambs. Rate of gain is not great during the summertime, so there was few buyers that were interested in buying this excess supply of lambs, which drove the price down. And, and we're seeing some rebound this fall, and we're anticipating a rebound uh, moving into this more traditional lamb market season. And so uh, still very optimistic about the industry. Um, although costs are higher, we, we need to see higher lamb prices to, uh, to make the, the finances work, so we're, we're hoping for that. He notes Canada doesn't produce enough lamb to fill its domestic consumption. We uh, import about 60% of what's consumed in this country, so we're only producing about 40%. And as the population grows, that number actually is decreasing, so we're probably closer to the 36-37% right now of what is consumed in this country. So lots of opportunity for growth. 
in the industry. Uh, just we we need to have the organized marketing structures in place that we can facilitate that. And it's kind of a chicken and egg type of thing. Uh, we need more production to get some of these larger contracts, and uh, and so until we get the larger production and organized marketing in place, it's which comes first, right? And so we can fill contracts. Um, in some cases, because we don't have the supply and we have too much supply for other contracts. So we're growing uh, in the right direction, and we, we just need to continue to develop our markets. And Trader sees a bright future for the sheep industry. Uh, you know, we see lots of optimism in the future of our industry. We have people to see what we're going through now as an opportunity um, to buy some really good stock, and they are expanding, and so... Uh, we push ahead, uh, seeing that we only do produce 40% of what we consume in this country, so there is room for growth. And, and sheep play an uh, important role as far as environment as well. Like we're seeing more and more uh, projects or, or grazing uh, situations where sheep are being used to control noxious weeds and, and uh, sheep being used to, uh, to graze solar farms and those type of things. And so we're seeing that opportunity grow as well. Um, we've had projects at the Dundurn Army Base here as well just for grazing. We have, we have lots of those opportunities. And so there we see opt- opportunity in the industry for, for years to come. Gordon Schrader is the executive director of the Saskatchewan Sheep Development Board. Please stay tuned. Your Commodities Update is coming up right after these messages. Commodities Update. Canola futures closed down rather sharply right across the board today. November canola closed at $7.97.50, down $13.90. January canola closed at eight oh four seventy down $13.70. December Minneapolis wheat closed at 7.62 and a quarter, up 2 and a half cents. December Kansas City wheat closed at 7.24 and a half, up 1 and 3 quarters of a cent. December Chicago wheat closed at 5.99 and a quarter, up 3 and 3 quarters of a cent. December corn closed at 4.86 per bushel, up four and a half cents. November soybeans closed at 13.65 per bushel, that's down four and a quarter cents. December oats closed at 4.87 and a half, up one cent. And that's the commodities update. We're here with. Welcome back to Saskag today. Ranching without records is like traveling without a map. Records tell you where you've been and where you are. Being able to connect those dots show you where you're going, and if you don't like the destination, records can help adjust your management. The Canadian Cow-Calf Surveillance Network compiles data from 175 cow-calf producers and private veterinarians across the country to establish a solid database. The network was started 10 years ago by Dr. John Campbell and Dr. Cheryl Waldner with the Western College of Veterinary Medicine at the University of Saskatchewan. 
In the last year alone, the network has learned several things. With more, this is Dr. Ronald Bergen, the Beef Research Council of Canada's Science Director. Since over-the-counter antibiotic sales ended in 2018, cow-calf producers have mostly used antibiotics to treat diarrhea in newborn calves, respiratory disease in calves before weaning, and lameness in mature animals. But most producers are treating less than 5% of their herd. They've learned that vaccination rates have really improved. You know, 92% of cows and replacement heifers and, and nearly three-quarters of bulls are given the core viral vaccine. So those are vaccines against IBR, BVD, PI3, and BRSV. 92% of producers also gave suckling calves those core viral vaccines, but only 47% of them provided a booster before weaning. Clostridial vaccines are used more often in Western Canada, so 68% of cows, 57% of bulls, 95% of calves in Western Canada. Lower clostridial vaccination rates in Eastern Canada, so about a third of cows and bulls and two-thirds of calves. They've learned that Yoni's disease is present in about 1% of cows and 5 to 18% of herds. That depends a bit on the test you use. There's a fecal test, and that was better at detecting positive animals than the blood test. This information has helped the participating producers and their veterinarians re-evaluate their management. For instance, trace min minerals like copper, molybdenum, and selenium impact animal health, treatment rates, productivity, and fertility. They found that copper deficiency was most common in southeast Saskatchewan, and overall 64% of western beef cows and 60% of eastern Canadian beef cows had less than adequate copper. High molybdenum is a problem because it makes copper deficiency even more likely. And high molybdenum was, was most common in Alberta, southern Saskatchewan, Manitoba, and Quebec. And it impacted 14% of cows in the west and 15% of cows in the east. Selenium deficiency was most common in western Alberta and eastern Canada. And overall, 34% of western Canadian beef cows and 73% of eastern Canadian beef cows had less than adequate selenium. Those deficiencies could not be predicted simply based on, on which soil zone you're in. Bergen then talks about what's ahead for the Canadian Cow-Calf Surveillance Network. Over the next five years, this team is going to study herds of various sizes in eastern and western Canada. They're going to look at how things like calving season, so winter calving versus early spring calving versus late spring calving, and things like winter management, so extensive winter grazing versus you know feeding and confinement, how those things affect pregnancy rates, calving percentage, newborn calf survival, and, and weaning rates. Now, their goal isn't to find a one-size-fits-all solution that's going to optimize productivity for every operation. Instead, what they're going to try to do is figure out how these various factors interact to impact reproductive performance. You know, so that'll help cow-calf producers in all regions of Canada make more informed and economically optimal management decisions for their herd size, production system, and their geographical situation. The Canadian Cow-Calf Surveillance Network is looking for more producers to participate in their research. The sample collection costs are covered, 
and cow-calf producers are reimbursed for participating in surveys and providing access to their cattle and records. If you have at least 40 cows, good records, and are willing to participate in applied producer-focused research, contact Dr. Cheryl Waldner at the Western College of Veterinary Medicine in the next couple of weeks. Material in this report comes from Reynold Bergen's article in the August edition of Canadian Cattlemen magazine and can also be found on beefresearch.ca. And that's a look at GX on Agriculture for today. It's time now for the GX94 Precision Weather Forecast for the Quill Lakes, Hudson Bay, Swan River, Broadview, Mooseman, Indian Head, and Yorkton, Melville, Roblin, Russell regions today. A mix of sun and cloud, winds north-northwest at 10 to 20 with gusts higher at times and a high of 19 degrees. For tonight, partly cloudy, winds southeast at 10 to 20 and a low of 6. For tomorrow, mainly sunny with a 40% chance of a late evening shower. Winds south at 20 to 35 and gusting higher, a high of 22, an overnight low of 13. For Thursday, cloudy with a 60% chance of scattered showers. Winds south-southwest at 20 to 35 and a high of 23. For Friday, a mix of sun and cloud, a high of 21 and Saturday mainly sunny, a high of 22. In the Paw and Dauphin it's 15 degrees, Swan River and Brandon are at 18, Show Lake Russell 14, Roblin 12. Regina, Broadview Mooseman and Indian Head all reporting in at 13 degrees, Saskatoon 14, Hudson Bay 15, Winyard Wadena Kelvington 12. The Yorkton-Melville region has a partly cloudy sky, a north-northwest wind at 15 kilometers an hour. 69% is the relative humidity. The temperature is 13 degrees. That's a look at your agriculture weather, and that'll do it for SaskAg today for today. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow at 12.15 Saskatchewan time for another edition of the program. It's time now for the news and sports headlines. SaskEgg Today has been brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future Ford is your automotive expert. From sales to service, they're the ones you can trust to get you rolling again sooner.